gentlemen, this is the main event. Fight fans worldwide, you've tuned into the number one undisputed boxing podcast today. This is the Boxing Breakdown. What's up, what's up, what's up, and welcome to another edition of The Boxing Breakdown, and I am your host, Mr. Mark Roxy, and I am with my partner in crime here, Mr. Harold Hunt. Welcome to another episode, Harold. What's going on? What's up? What's up? What's up? I'm happy to be here. Face all shave. Yeah, you look good, man. You look really, <laughs> really good for those hey, of you. Hey, Listen. you were around losing all that weight. I was, I was like, well, I got to do something. So I, I took off the whiskey. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, I lost the weight and you got the clean shaven uh, face. People, if you are tuning in on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast, thank you for being with us tonight. And if you could only see Mr. Harold Hunt, you would know what we're talking about. He is clean shaven and looking sharp <laughs> as ever. And if you would like to see Harold, please join us on YouTube right now or anytime. You can go back and uh, review all the prior episodes on YouTube. Uh, we are an, a podcast, but we are excited that you get to see us here when we're doing our thing on the air. And so today, without further ado, man, we are going to get in. Here's the agenda, people. This is what we are up to this beautiful evening. Spring has sprung. It's coming. We can all feel the warmth. And what we've got tonight on the show is we've got a recap of the Showtime card that just took place on a April 8th at the Dignity Dignity Health Sports Park um, in Carson, California. It was a really great uh, evening of boxing. So we're going to get into that today. We're also going to talk about the ESPN cart that took place on April 9th at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey, right here. And um, <clears throat> that was another amazing card, man. I will tell you. Uh, these guys uh, are going back and forth. These different promoters and the uh, networks are really carving out their niches, both, uh, you know, Easter weekend coming on Friday and Saturday. And then later on in the program, we are going to get into the Ryan Garcia versus Tank Davis update. We got a lot of news coming out of uh, both camps and we're going to chop up the Lomachenko and Devin Haney card that's coming up as well. We'll talk about the dates, who, what, where, when, and how you get your tickets. And then we'll get into the Teofimo Lopez versus Josh Taylor. And we're going to close out the program talking a little bit about whether or not you think it's a good idea to train your kin. Is it a good idea to train your own offspring in boxing. So we're going to chop that up a little bit. And without further ado, let's get into this. Harold, Harold, Harold. Let's, <laughs> okay. let's talk about the Showtime card. Were you able to preview that card? Yes, I saw that. 
uh, I'd like you to go over each fight and let me know which which fights interest you, which one that you thought was the best. Well, as a matter of fact, Harold, I've got that planned for today. Um, I listen, folks, I thought the card, first of all, was amazing. It was action packed. Um, there were, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. If you were in Carson, California, you got 13 bouts. That was a lot of boxing and it was quite impressive. Um, and the, the two fights that I really wanted to touch on tonight, um, was the, uh, Brian, uh, I'm sorry, Brandon Lee versus, uh, Pedro Campos. <clears throat> let's, let's chop that fight up. It was, um, it was an interesting fight. There was a lot of back and forth action. It was a 10 round fight. Yeah. And, uh, Brandon Lee eked out a win, man. Uh, he did so. Uh, initially, I thought he was going to be worn down and lose to a veteran with using veteran moves because he figured him out early. The first, second round, the veteran figured that boy out. However, he was able to make his adjustments, use his youth, of course, and his speed and his his very best to date effort to survive to get that win. But yeah. he was figured out early, in my opinion. Um, yeah, man. I mean, um, Pedro's compass was coming the entire fight. It was it was a really interesting fight because, <clears throat> you know, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect um, Brandon Lee, uh, first of all, to not have an arsenal uh, on the line as as the guy was charging in. So that was kind of shocking. I think early on in the fight, he had he had things pretty well figured out early on in the fight. But as the fight matriculated into the later rounds, I thought it was it was just uh, this guy, Pedro Campos, man, he deserves a medal because that kid was he was not going to be denied. And he was coming, coming full steam the entire time. And really it was very impressive fight. I enjoyed that fight. It was one of my favorite fights of the entire weekend uh, of action packed boxing. And how about I agree you? With that. Yeah, I agree. That was a great fight because it was life or death. <laughs> and whenever you get that drama in, in involved in that, yeah. it, 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 it captures your opinion because we didn't know if he was going to survive or he, he wasn't. And the veteran, he had a thought in his mind. There's no way this kid beat me. No way. And that that mental uh, situation also fueled him to not be denied, as you said. So, and and to see him prevail, um, Compros, of course, should get a lot of work after this because he's still viable, of course. And he can always say he was robbed, but this is a good step for Lee, I believe. Yeah, man. No, absolutely. I mean, he eked out the win. You know, I'm sure they're going to go back and look at the film and they're going to go back and kind of study where where the where the um, fight plan broke down a little and what was happening in the second half of the in the fight as he faded um, toward the tail end of the fight. Um, great fight. Awesome weekend. I mean, so Brandon Lee is 27 and 0 and Pedro's Campos uh, is 34, 2 and 1 now. So, you know. Pedro Campos has got to go back to the drawing board and really dig deep to see where he goes next from here. But uh, Brandon Lee advances, and it was a great fight, man. I'm, and and then the, the the real big fight of the night, Harold, the big <laughs> fight of the night. 
big fight. I mean, listen, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm kind of wanting to deliver it to the to the listeners slowly. But Sebastian Fondura against Brian Mendoza was shocking. It was a shocking fight. Tell us, Harold. Uh, I'll let you go first, please. <laughs> no, man. I mean, so, <clears throat> you know, the, the much-anticipated much fight, uh, I think everybody in the arena kind of figured that Sebastian Fondura was com- would come out with the victory, um, that he would, you know, this was for the WBC Interim World uh, Super Walterweight title, and they just assumed that uh, Fondura was going to really uh, be able to handle Brian Mendoza pretty pretty good. I mean, the majority of the people in, in the arena and in lead-ups to the fight, weigh-ins, people were saying, yeah, Fondura's going to get him, you know, he's he's got the great, you know, inside fighting, uppercut when the guy falls in, blah, blah, blah. But that's not the way it worked out. <laughs> it's not the way it worked out because Fondura got hit with a hook that smoked him. I mean, he got smoked off the hook, then came back with an uppercut left hook, dropped him, <laughs> dropped uh, Fondura down. He sat on his tailbone looking at the, I don't he wasn't looking at the ref. He was looking into space and he was knocked into tomorrow. He was concussed. He, could, he could not hear the, he could not hear the count. He could not see his opponent. He was on his butt, sitting up, looking into space. It was quite uh, a shock to see that um, out of out of a guy who you know everybody was really touting as the next, uh, you know, the next thing. The don, yeah, the Don Dada of the division, <laughs> if you will, yeah. the Don Dada of the division, man. And and it didn't work out for Fundura. Um, that card, I just have to, again, I want to take my hat, hat off, uh, to the folks at Showtime because that card was absolutely outstanding. Um, you know, Chris Ariola was on the card. He fought Matthew McKinney, um, you know, Adrian Corona fought Jerry Perez. Uh, there, there was so many fights on the card. I can't even get into all of them. They're all noteworthy. They were all great. I'll just say that in the winning column, Gabriel uh, Mastros came out. Frank Frances came out. Gabriel Fondura came out. Uh, Adrian Corona uh, got a uh, a draw. <clears throat> Victor uh, Slavinskaya uh, got a, a win. Chris Ariella won. Gabriel Garcia won. Justin Valeria won. And Federico Pacheco Jr. won. Um, so that, that's how that ended up. And yeah, it was a great night of boxing, man. We're rushing right through this stuff. Let's jump over to the ESPN card. Let's get into this card because honestly, the folks at ESPN, uh, and the folks at top rank put on a spectacular evening of boxing took place Saturday, uh, uh, the 8th at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey, uh, New Jersey State uh, Control Board was, uh, you know, presiding over this event. Promoter was Bob Arrow, matchmaker Brad Goodman. Shout out Brad Goodman. Amazing job. Great night of boxing. 
can't, I can't say enough about the card because it really was an amazing card. And, and what I want to do is I just want to talk about a couple of the fights. I mean, obviously, um, Harold, there, yes, were, yes. there were a lot of fights. Troy Isley fought on the card. He fought a guy named Roy Barringer and he got a, a, a unanimous, unanimous decision win. Um, he fought at 150, 158, uh, one, I guess 160 is where they fought. Uh, Jared Anderson, let's break that fight down. He yeah, fought big, George Harris. He just simply just uh, was, the jab was so exciting to see a, such a powerful, well-placed jab and nice footwork. And he just kind of showed off his skill set. And I just really was impressed with, with, with the jab. It was just very, very nice. And it was clean. It was it was some of the best work I've seen from a big man yeah. with a jab in a while. Yeah, no, Jared, big baby Anderson did a great job. Um, he advances to thirteen and zero, and George Aris is uh, he came in. I guess he came in at the fight. No, he came in the fight at thirteen and zero. He uh, George Aris was eighteen and zero, and and Jared Anderson made easy work. Easy work. Easy work. He made total easy work of him. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely easy work. And uh, that was for the WBC. Um, I guess it was the vacant WBC heavyweight uh, United States heavyweight. Uh, title and the WBO inter, international heavyweight title. So great fight, great night of boxing. Um, Jared Anderson smoked George Aris. He smoked him, man. Uh, he really did uh, put it, put him right down. No problem. And then the next fight that w- I thought was spectacular was that uh, Ken Sean Davis, ver- uh, Keyshawn Davis, excuse me, versus Anthony uh, Yeget. Right. That fight was amazing. Great, great, great fight. Tell me about it. Uh, yes. Uh, the way that he uh, he came about his attitude toward that fight initially was. I see you have uh, a little pedigree. You fought some different people, but I'm going to walk through you as you are like any other opponent. And yeah. I really think uh, that was a situation where he kind of took took it personally and he wanted to really show what he could do. Now, to me, it sharpened him to a, a fine point because he was so sharp with all of his work, all of his punches. His movement was spectacular and he was able to exhibit that bravado. Now, I don't know if he's going to be a bad boy or someone we like to hate or someone we, that we know was bad, we don't like. He's trying to figure out his persona, how he wants to present himself to the public. He wants to present himself to the public, rather. So in the ring, the showboating and all that, it's tasteful. It's not liked by anyone, but I thought it was well done only because he was actually giving us highlight work. I mean, didn't have to slow the, you didn't have to watch the replays. He was snapping that stuff off in real time, and it was so clean. It was very pleasing to see. Uh, along with the Revado. So I thought it was a great fight. I thought um, Yigit came to fight and Yigit was going to test him and he just simply could not. So it, we're looking at uh, a champion up and coming because to me, this was kind of his watershed type situation where he had a very wily veteran who did some uh, veteran type work in there around the referee's back and all that kind of stuff. I was like, yeah, show this boy. But 
this boy sits with who? He sits with some some really good people, you know. Uh, um, with yeah, uh, champion being one of his one of one of, one of his sparring part was well, not sparring partners, but uh, you know he he's in a good camp. No, no, absolutely. I mean, I would I would just add to what you said to say that you know Ke- uh, Keyshawn Davis came into the fight, you know, seven and zero. He's fighting Anthony uh, Yeget, and Anthony Yeget is uh, Yeget. Bring it, Yeget, man. Yeah, he was twenty six and two with one draw. So I mean, he was definitely game game fighter. Came in WBC. This was for the WBC United States light uh, lightweight title vacant, and the WBO Intercontinental lightweight title. So you know, Ken Sean uh, Keyshawn is moving his way exactly where he wants to be. Uh, he did get a KO in the ninth round, nine of 10. Uh, he KO'd him. And uh, I will say this, though. Yeget, Anthony Yeget is no slouch. I was, you know, I mean, his skills, his skills need to be sharpened. Um, I wouldn't say he has the best straight punch. Punch modalities are not really there. Um you know, he's, he's not, you know, there's a lot of things with his technique that I think could really be improved, but he is a bona fide. You can see how he got 26 wins, yes. two, two losses in one draw. Cause he comes to fight and he's got the heart, the heart of a lion. There's yes. no question about it. He came to fight. I think, uh, Keyshawn, you know, being in Newark, you know, when you're in Newark, bro, you got to shout, you got to basically show out, you, you show better out, show right? out. Because Newark don't play, man. You come to Newark, you better you better know what you're doing. And, um, you know, so Keyshawn definitely wanted to make a statement to the fans. He wanted to secure a, a nice crowd uh, in the Prudential Center for future fights because you know what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about the Shakur Stevenson and Suachuro. Take your, time, Take your time. Thank you, man. <laughs> that is not an easy name to say, but um, mm. we want to talk about that fight because, you know, Shakur, um, you know, they've built him up so well in terms of how they sell out the Prudential Center. And you could, I've seen it from the first time he fought when there was barely anybody in the arena. And now it's a sold out arena. It's incredible how many people were in there. And, um, you know, this was a great fight. Keyshawn wants to get in that. He wants to make sure he's a headliner in that venue. Good for him. And But really, the night belonged to Shakur Stevenson. Um, he came into the fight 19-0, and uh, fighting a game 16-0 and opponent in Yushino, um, fighting out of, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was just an amazing fight. Uh, they were both fighting uh, aggressively. I think that Shakur just had control over the fight the entire time, made the work look easy, very much like Jared Anderson did. Yes, uh, just very similar. Very similar. Made the fight look so easy, uh, looked like he was on a completely different level than this uh you know, 16 and 0 pugilist. So Yes, yes. It was just target practice. The skill in which he, you know, he dropped everything on, but he was aggressive this time. Yeah. You know, usually he's 
you know, he's 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 gonna he's gonna land, he's gonna land, and if he gets the opportunity, he'll follow with something nice. But this time he was aggressive the whole time. Yeah. And you know, I like that part. I've I always liked all his work anyway. But when he's aggressive like that yeah. on the front foot, purposeful. Yeah. Because that's the knock he's getting. Well, you know, he, he's a good defensive fighter. Uh, he's, you know, uh, lately he's been uh, standing in, in the pocket. His last three or four fights have been in the pocket in front of these guys, you know, take, beating them up. That's true. That's true. That's true. But his his overall splash into the industry was one of uh, safety first. So now he's trying to change that dynamic by being in the pocket. But you got to go back his last three fights. He's right in the pocket being aggressive. He is trying to dispel that notion Totally. Oh, and yeah. he did it again this time, but he was coming forward the whole time of, of straight aggression and using the defense to get close. So it was it was it was a different uh, uh, Stevenson for me. And I wanted to see more of that going yeah. forward. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that Shakur, you know, they're moving him well. They're putting the right opponents in front of him so that he can bring out the qualities that are necessary to, to match his, his world-class skill. So in order to match those skills, what they need to do is they need to give him the right opponent so he can present himself properly in the arena. Um, so that's, you know, that's why I said at the top of this part of the uh, segment is that, you know, I'm going to give my hat off to the matchmaking because, you know, the team at, at top rank, Brad Good, led by D- Brad Goodman, you know, they do an, an incredible job at building up these fighters. There's no one... There's no one in, you know, in the sport of boxing that does it quite like top rank. That's arguable, but I'm just saying that they know how to build their fighters. And it was really, really impressive to see that. And it was really, really impressive to see Shakur doing his work and taking some, some, uh, you know, I wouldn't say they were big chances because, you know, he, he wasn't fighting, you know, you know, he wasn't fighting actually. Actually, let me rephrase that. That fight, he was fighting the opportunity to fight a Devin Haney. <laughs> because at the end of the fight, you know what he said. You know, he, he shots were fired. Um, let's p- bring it together. I'm not going to quote him, but it was to paraphrase. Yes. It was, I want to fight Devin Haney. And by the way, I've always gotten the better of him in sparring. So bring it. Let's go. That's the paraphrase of what was said without putting words in anybody's mouth. Shots were fired. Um, You know, it it would be great to see that fight. And Harold, we've been, if you guys have been listening to the podcast for the last three years, then what you know is that I have always been talking. I, I, I don't think there's many podcasts that go by where I don't bring up Teofimo Lopez, Devin Haney, Tank Davis, and Ryan Garcia, all in the, the four, same conversation. The four kings. The four, well, the four yet to be uh, <laughs> yet to be crowned kings. One of them will be a king. And, oh, and one, you know, but one it's side sad. note. One side note, I must interrupt. One side note, Devin Haney's father did tweet online that Devin is not moving up to 140. So he's going to stay at 35. So that even makes what you said more profound because now he's going to stay there. He's not going to get away from these guys. Right. No, I mean, like, like you said, these guys, everything is lining up 
perfectly. Perfectly. It's taken three years for the storm to formulate, for the hurricane to build ferocity. And it's about to happen. And you can see it in the Ryan Garcia, uh, you know, Javante Davis buildup. Harold, $50,000 for a ticket. That Those numbers, first of all, if you're doing $50,000 a ticket, that's better than any, any previous fight. It's better than any ticket you're going to sell for Floyd Mayweather's fights. It's better than any ticket that you'd sell for, you know, a Golden Boy back in his day, a Trinidad back in his day. I mean, even a Mike Tyson. These numbers are staggering, Harold. Yes, it's like going to college. Oh, it's only for the, the privileged. Hmm. It's, it's, yeah, it is. Unfortunately, so it's only for fifth. Who's going to, who can afford Mike Tyson? If you are out there and you want to go see this fight, please take me Tyson. Please take me. I really want to go see this fight and I really want to go see it with you. I would love to be there watching this bout with you, but that be the chances of that. I probably have greater chances of winning the lottery or getting bitten by a shark or getting struck by lightning than going with Mike Tyson. But whatever, you know, you know where to find me, Tyson. Come find me, brother. You know where I'm at. So here's the thing. The fight was incredible. Shakur did an amazing job. Keyshawn did an amazing job. Jared Anderson did, did a great job. Troy Isley come out with the victory. Right. And, and so on. Bruce Carrington fought. He came out with a, a, a KO. Uh, he fought Brandon Chambers and he, he took him out pretty easily. Uh, Kelvin Davis fought now against Nelson uh, Morales, got a unanimous decision. So that was a great, great card. Again, hats off. Boxing yes. fans are in their glory. Right. Yes. I must comment about the card because um, your enthusiasm makes me really think about the, the opponents that they're bringing to them are really helping them along with their careers. Yeah. The opponents of course are of note and they are not anyone to, you know, to, to uh, walk over. So just being able to put that element together, the B size and the A size, if you will, and yeah. they're being competitive and interesting and the possibility of the so-called B-side people could have won the fight, as is we've seen with the Fondora situation. So yeah. uh, I fully appreciate your happiness with the matchmaking as yeah. I look back over these bouts and measure the opposition against the favorites. And it, it, it was well done. Absolutely. No, no, uh, exactly, man. And if you haven't seen them, the great news here, too, is that Showtime and ESPN are replaying them. I, I believe ESPN is replaying them. But Showtime, kudos to you because you are replaying. You are replaying the entire card. Great job. Um, so if you didn't catch it that night, you could have got it the next morning and you can get it probably next weekend as well. Um so, yeah, I mean, just just absolutely amazing card um, of boxing. And now, Harold, let's let's flip ourselves over real quickly here. Let's get into the Ryan Garcia versus Tank Davis. Uh, what you got? Any scuttlebutt out there? Well, right now, the main thing is 
how is the the, the pending uh, uh, incarceration or detainment or house arrest is going to ha- is going to uh, uh, play into the fight for for Tank? You know, is that something that he he's dreading or he seems like it's going to be a problem for him? And I think not at all. No, He'll face I'm- it when he faces it until yeah, that mm-hmm. time comes, he's not even considered. He's not even considering any kind of situation. I think he really needs to move this needle mm-hmm. on his side. And if he does win, which I, you know, yes, if he does win, he can even, he can still ride this win into whatever detainment he may have. And when he returns, if there is a de- detainment, he'll still be the top, draw and he can do a a, a spence come back and talk fight someone uh of note immediately yeah no 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 absolutely harold 100 percent. yeah i just i was just thinking i was just thinking here right <clears throat> i was thinking that you know besides the fact that these numbers are huge when you look at who's winning right first of all the fans are winning because they get this fight they've been wanting this fight uh the promoters are winning Ryan Garcia and uh, uh, Javante Tank Davis are, are bo- both winning uh, in ways that you can't even imagine. The buildup is tremendous. The um, It seems like the animosity toward one another is definitely legitimate. And it's, it's really, you know, it's really starting to build. Um, and, and in that way, I'm thinking, who, I mean, for me, I feel like Ryan Garcia is winning this fight before they fought. If you look at the press conferences and some of the interactions that are going back and forth, I'm feeling that Ryan Garcia is building his, his, uh, his mindset, if you will, up to be able to come into this fight and produce the kind of performance he's hoping to produce. Uh, it seems that way in the building. I think he's making excuses already. He's saying all this stuff, so if he loses, he can fall back and he can trot this stuff out as a, well, so no. My opinion, no, no, no. I don't see that at all. I see he's trying to to make excuses for if he gets beat. That's what I see. You see excuses? I see him formulating excuses for him laying somewhere soft to land. That's what I see. And And if Tank was doing the same thing, I would say the same thing. That's what I think he's saying because he's in a situation where he talked. Now he got to fight. Now he got to fight the fight. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You got uh, this is a whole nother fight. All the all the press conferences and all that. Yeah, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother fight. They gonna say do whatever. It's a whole thing in the ring. Yeah. So yeah, he can win the press conference. I'm mean, not win a press conference, but he can prevail in the West, right. a press conference verbally and emotionally and all that. Yeah, that's all. That's all selling the fight. But to me, he's looking, he's setting himself up as if he happens to not win, that he can fall back on this this narrative, no. this, this rhetoric. Harold. That's how I see. Okay. So, well, I, I respect me. that. I respect that. But Harold, <laughs> you know the only thing that Ryan Garcia is going to fall back on is a big pile of money. Money be damned. We're not talking about money here. We're not talking about the money. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. No, that's not talking about. The, no, I'm talking about his, his mental psyche in that ring as a fighter. The money is the money is going to be there regardless. 
He may make more if he loses. But the point is, that's not the point. The point is, he thinks he may have issue with Tank or whatever. And he's trying to fashion something that he can survive on if, if he loses. Right. That's well, just, listen, that's just how I see it. I don't see the money. Money, money is not even a. Money's not, not the what? Money's everything. Money's everything in this game. I mean, these guys are this listen, this is their biggest payday in the history of, you know, Canelo said it best when he said, Bay day, pay day, pay day. Yeah, yes. <laughs> That's a given. They are going to get that payday. That payday was already pre-done, predestined years yeah, ago yeah. when they started talking. So they're yeah. going to get the payday. That's yeah, yeah. not even my case. The payday will be there, no doubt about it, and it's a motivation. But I'm talking about the fire to fighter. Yeah, money be damned. That's how I see he's trying to posture himself. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And I know. I mean. I mean. Anybody who's listening to the podcast right now, which, by the way, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast, thank you for being with us. But Harold, you can also find us on YouTube. I don't know if they know that, Harold. I don't know if they know that they can find us on YouTube at The Boxing Breakdown. You can hit us on Instagram and Facebook at The Boxing Breakdown. Go find us. Uh, like us. Share, you know, whatever you do. Like, share, share. Uh, hit the notifications, all of the things that you got to do to be part of the community here at the Boxing Breakdown. Um, yeah, man. I, I basically, I understand your point, Harold. I understand, you know, Tank's got the skills that pay bills. And this is going to be an amazing fight. You know, Leo Santa Cruz came out and said, said it best. He said, look, Tank Davis hits harder than you think. All right. He hits harder and he comes faster and he comes out of nowhere and you think you got it all sorted out. And then boom, is quote what he said, basically, again, paraphrasing without putting words into Mr. Leo Santa Cruz's uh, mouth. That's basically what he tried to say to warn Ryan Garcia from, you know, taking this too lightly. So which I don't think either one of them, I think they both legitimately believe that they're going to win this fight. So, you know, Hey, we're going to find out soon enough, but Harold until then, right. This fight, by the way, um, the Ryan Garcia tank Davis fight will be fought on April 22nd, 2023 in Las Vegas, Nevada. The fight will be broadcast on Showtime pay-per-view and the date was officially announced by uh, Davis way back on March 5th, 2023. The fight has been long discussed and both fighters have called for this fight to happen. It will happen on April 22nd. So that's what I have to say about that. Let's move on, Harold, if we can. Okay. Let's, Let's flip. So. Yeah, man, let's let's just jump on over to another uh, drama that's unfolding, okay, which is okay. the drama between Vasily Lomachenko and Devin Haney. What you got? Well, Haney's simply the bigger man. He simply has the youth. And he's so cerebral that even if the fight is a total stinker, 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 
Yeah. He'll win that fight. He'll win that fight. We may turn away from it and say, oh, this is oof. Those who don't understand the beauty of Devin Haney's style and see him defuse Lomachenko, the casuals, or if you will, the ones who worked up tuning in because everyone else is, they may have a little problem with it. But uh, he's going to win that fight. He's going to win mm-hmm. that fight. Period. Mm-hmm. I can't see any other way it's going to go. He's going to win that. He's too cerebral. Yeah. And Lomachenko is also what youth would be served in certain situations where it must prevail. Yeah. So you don't think that Lomachenko's footwork is his, uh, his uh, incredible boxing IQ is going to give uh, Haney any problems? I think if, he gets him in a situation where Haney will have problems with yeah. it. His youth will prevail, as we saw with uh, uh, the first fight even we spoke, spoke about. Youth prevailed, and right. he was able to win that fight. This is the same situation. Youth will prevail, prevail, and he has some experience, some experience. And I think it's enough to carry him through Lomachenko's very best efforts in certain parts of the fight. Right. And he will win, hmm. but he will be uh, he will be tested heavily. And, uh, you know, you have a lot to it, but youth always wins. Youth is undefeated. And this is a situation where I just see it. And he has just enough seasoning to get through what Lowe was going to offer him. Right. Well, folks, I mean, this is, you know, the undisputed lightweight king, <laughs> Devin Haney, the dream, the dream. Right is ready. I mean, this is going to be a big pay per view. Uh, Haney do, will defend all the belts against former three time, uh, three time world champion and pound for pound king Vasily Lomachenko on Saturday, May twentieth, at the MGM Grand Garden in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, so, I mean, this is this is not a fight again. This is one of those fights that the fans have been clamoring for for years. And if the two of these guys are going to face off for the first time Thursday in Los Angeles, um, I believe there's a press conference that's happening. And um, so they, these guys are going to start to face off and they're going to start to build up the fight and blah, blah, blah. But this is going to be a very, very good fight. Um, the fight will be streamed on top rank on ESPN plus, and it's a pay-per-view. Um, so I know that that's, that is what you guys should expect is that this will be a pay-per-view. I think that the price is about 60 bucks for the fight. Um, no, it's not bad at all. I mean, it's not the $99 that we've been seeing, you know, $79, you know, 59 is better prices. Yeah, Yeah, it's better. But hey, as far as press conferences go, oh, Mm -hmm. he's got uh, he's got a side man with him or front man, if you will, or in rapping. What they what what do they call the man uh, uh, that that's answering the the rapper? What's that called? A side man? What's that? Uh, Mark, you in the the rapping world? Anyway, I I never father. His father is his yes man. Not his yes man is his is his. Ah, I forget the, the term, but anyway, those two 
together have a really one-two punch when it comes to press conferences, okay? And they have command of English language, okay? Uh, Lomachenko, he's not articulate like that, okay? The right. father, uh, you know, he's straight Russian. So you're really going to have to have a great interpreter on the Lomachenko side to get that passion out of them yeah. into a, a, a English uh, uh, back and forth with Haney and his father. So wow. I've got to see how they're going to make that work because uh, Lomo's English is broken and 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 um, yeah. Haney will chop him up verbally. So yeah. uh, the interpreter on Lomo's side has to be very, very <laughs> astute because he's got to keep the dialogue going by answering and going back and forth Translating from another language because yeah, you, is you know, passionate. his father is passionate, but right. they can't project that right at an English press conference. You know, that's a great point, Harold. I hadn't really given that too much. Um, you know, I haven't really paid too much attention to that piece, but you're absolutely right. How are they gonna? How are they gonna sell the fight in the in the way that Ryan Garcia and uh, Tank Davis are selling the fight? Interesting point. It'll be interesting to see. You know, it'll be really, really interesting to see um, how they go about doing that. I will tell you this, that Vasily Lomachenko, uh, I would not sleep on him. He's got a lot to prove. It'll be an interesting fight. I definitely love to tout these fights and talk them up and, you know, be fair to both fighters. Um, yes, will age, will father, time, <laughs> will father time win? Or will, will father time win? Or will youth prevail? That's the question. That's the real question about this fight. Um, and it's going to be so great. Neutral. You are so neutral, man. Well, well, yeah, don't, don't worry. Wait till the next episode. When these guys, when the listeners come on to the next episode, I'm going to hammer. I'm going to go with Lomachenko, bro. I'm going with Lomachenko over Devin Haney. And we're going to see. And and actually, I, I you know, with the Dank Davis, Ryan Garcia, man, I go back and forth every single week you know that like oh Why? tank's gonna destroy him oh ryan because i'm watching i'm paying attention there's a lot more listen <clears throat> what about the fundamental flaw that that boy has that you know tank uh, uh loves the yeah. fundamental flaw that cannot be changed cannot mm. be changed well i i understand that but i also know that ryan garcia has been fighting since he was seven years old. The guy's got skills that pay the bills. And like, like he does. He's he, does. I know that he's a YouTube like sensation, but Forget believe he's me, a fighter. Yes. he's a real fighter. And yes. so, you know, you cannot, you know, he's got the reach. He's got the height. He's got long, stretchy arms. Can he use them? Can, will he use them? Will he control them? And will he catch tank on the way in? Because everybody's been talking about it. I'm not saying anything that everybody else doesn't know. Yes. <clears throat> Tank's got, I mean, uh, Ryan Garcia's got the neutralizer, which is a hook and a good straight right hand. Will he catch Tank on the way in, or will Tank evade the attack and be able to deliver the knockout blows that he we've come to know Tank to be able to deliver? That's the question. That's what makes it such a compelling fight because these guys' skills are are made for each other. They're they're really really um, 
one kind of cancels out the other, but the question is who shows up that night and who's the real deal and who's been just doing it for the camera. Okay. Now, you know, I sent you a text in the middle of the night about this. Yeah. You got my text. Okay. I got it. Woke me up, bro. Oh, it was very clean and precise. Now I'll go over it now just quickly, just, just to get it over with. If Ryan doesn't get you with that left hook, he doesn't have any type of discipline to put anything else together. Right. Whenever he's hurt, whenever he's running, whenever he's under pressure or when he's applying pressure, he has just a left hook that comes from nowhere, from out from everywhere. But this is protection is his protection. If he doesn't get it with if he doesn't get you with that, he doesn't have anything else. He doesn't have a, a routine to finish. He just doesn't have a routine to finish. Yeah, man, I got that. I got that. I got that argument. I understand that. But we're gonna see. We're gonna see. Whereas Tank has routines. He finishes you. He finishes you. Right. And he's not relying on one punch or one situation. <laughs> he finishes you. He finishes you in a variety of ways. Well, you, you know, know why they call him Tank. There's no, no, there's no surprise why they call Javante Davis tank. There's no, there's no, you know, I mean, don't, I'm not sleeping on either one of them. I know that if I, if I were to bet on either one of these fighters, I have a 50% chance of losing or winning. That's just what's so. I mean, you got to know, come on. Hey folks, listen. You guys that are uh, at top rank and, you know, all you promoters out there, Harold and I do an amazing job at going back and forth, keeping this stuff neutral so that, you know, you know, we don't want to alienate our fans. But at the end of the day, this is a 50 50 fight, man. Either one of them can win. Yeah, he can run into something. Yes, of course. And that's that's the beauty of boxing. We saw with Fandora. We see it all the time. Exactly, exactly. You know, so I, 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 I will embrace either way it goes. It's just that my opinion is what it is at this point. And I just went back and look at all their fights. And he has such a something that he does that that I don't like. I right. mean, that, that could cause him issue with Tank. And yeah. I, I watched five of his fights in a row, Mark, yeah. and broke them down. I was like. I don't know if he can fix that. Then I watched the other tank stuff and tank is naturally right there on top of that kind of mm-hmm. uh, display yeah. of, of fighting. But we talked about, we talked about the fact that the coaching, the coaching is going to play a major factor in this fight. Like, you know, are they able to fix it? Are they able to fix it? Harold, what do you think? If you're, if you're out the there, you're listening, battle, you know, li- Mark, when you're heated battle and you're fighting, okay, and you can have all this training camp and all that, you resort to the to the thing that you've always done. I don't care what you've done. You're going to resort to that, the natural instinct that you first have. You right. just do them. You just do sometimes. A lot, a lot of them do. When those two natural instincts from either one of those fighters go head to head, Tank is at an advantage. Now maybe Ryan could pick up all this and all that and 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 be able to to get away from that and not give Tank that opportunity and he could take take Tank out. Okay, that'd be a cerebral move. But his natural instinct in all the fights that I've seen are to do a certain thing. Yeah, and then Tank's natural instinct do are certain things, and those things gives him an advantage. No, I just, no. That, that's just what I see. I just I just don't think any type of uh, outside. Uh, influence is going to take 
that moment away. They're they're too young to really fall back on their experience. Right. They're young. They're young. They're, they're, they're young boys. I mean, you know, they're young adults. They're still going to stand in it the way they want to stand. Now, when they get older, more mature, you know, they're going to be able to, I, I believe, incorporate certain things and be successful. But at this time and, and the way that it's been hyped up, I just think that that raw uh, uh, initiated, initiated process rank tank just, excuse me, tank just doesn't have a, a it's not going to have a problem. I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. He takes punches to give punches. Yes, that left hook is nasty. Yes. But there's things that he's done to not allow Ryan to get that off. I mean, we could look at Hopkins and Trinidad. Oh, Trinidad knocked oh. Hopkins out. I mean, I mean, not, Hopkins knocked Trinidad out, but Trinidad did not get to, to, to put forth his money shot. None of it. He, he couldn't land it the whole fight. And that was what he built his reputation off of. He was not uh, able to land that at all. Yep. And he got knocked out for it. So well, his number one weapon was taken away from him. And I see that possibly happening here. This is going to be an amazing fight, man. I wish I wish Mike Tyson would uh, pull me a ticket so I can come see this fight. <laughs> I want to be there up in the front row. I need the $50,000 ticket. Come on, Mike Tyson, come on. Hit me up and get me that ticket. Or Teofimo, you got some money. Come on. Get that's me your, in that. That's your guy. That's, that's your my guy. guy. I know, but, you know, I don't know if he's going to remember, like, to hook me up with a $50,000 ticket. He'll probably forget that part. Yeah? Well, so here's he, the thing. <laughs> no, here's the thing, Alan. What? He can get you up high. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, can you get me into the suite? I'll take a suite. As long as they've got nuts and like jelly beans and stuff, I'll go I'll go to the suite, bro. I have no, no problem. I'm talking about nosebleed. No, I'm talking about nosebleed. I'm talking about yeah, way yeah. up there. No, no, no. No, the suite. I'm talking about the suite on the first level. First oh. elevated level. That's where oh, we go. Okay. Hey, John Maresca, tell him about the suite, bro. You're not on the podcast today, but if you're listening... You know, yeah. John Mareska knows about the suite. We know how to do the sweets, right? Sweets, sweet sweets for the sweets, right? John, we get John hooked can up. hook you up. Yeah, hey, John can up, do bro. it. Yeah, man. John can do it. Make, hey, see, what, see, see, if John would take you with him because you know he's going. Yes, John. I, I don't know if John, well, he might go. I mean, you know. Yeah, I, hey, listen, I would rather go, John, no, no offense. I love you, brother. <laughs> You know I love you, but if Mike Tyson offers me the $50,000 ticket, I'm going with him. All right? I'm just telling everybody right now, I'm going with Mike Tyson. All right? He sits ringside. He's huh? not even going to be in the suite. He, he'll, he sits ringside, so that's that's beautiful. No, that's what I'm saying. He get the $50,000 ticket. He already got one, probably. I'm sure he did. I'm, probably, I'm sure they gave it to him. You know, How would you not want Mike Tyson sitting at ringside? Anyway. Oh, listen. Everybody's going to be there. Everybody's gonna be there. Everybody's gonna be there. Shout out, (laughs) shout out to the folks at Indios Boxing up there in Allentown, PA. What's up? What's up? What's up? And shout out to the folks at Blue Line uh, Boxing in Ewing. Uh, I got my boy uh, Q who just uh, you know dropped a little comment. I'm just gonna uh, stick you up on the screen. Thank you, Q. Uh, Thanks for for listening in. Yeah, man. Thanks for listening in. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And yep, uh, hype, hype is what it is, brother. Hype, hype is exactly what it is, right? We definitely are hyping this show. That's it. That's it. That's what I was asking, sir. Hype, man. Mr. (laughs) Haney's uh, son, uh, his father's hype, man, but 
he's just he's excellent. So I was they're equal almost, I would say. But them two are a formidable uh, force uh, <laughs> at a yes. press conference. Yes, man. And check it out. The fight is happening. It's literally only two weeks away. It's going down Saturday, April 22nd. Do not miss it. Showtime pay-per-view. Javante Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia. It's going to be a great fight. Yes, yes. Yeah, man. And uh, Harold, you know, we we um, <laughs> we joke around a lot about these, these uh, fights and hype them up and stuff. But at the end of the day, it's always a pleasure to, to talk to you and, and break this stuff down, man. And uh, I think we're just about rounding out the program, but I do, I do want to just touch on uh, Teofimo Lopez versus Josh Taylor. You saw the press conference? Yeah, man. Yes. All right. I love that. Tell me, tell me, tell the, tell the fans. Josh Taylor stood up. I, I really didn't think that he would be as forceful as he was. And, but it was, it was, it was, Moved nicely by Lopez. He was uh, uh, more uh, diplomatic and matter-of-factly, and 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 uh, he took it with such a, a professional uh, attitude. Because I I expected him to come kind of loose with it, you right. know. Uh, but he did not do that. He let Josh have that that that, that area which he usually takes. So that. To me, if you want to say there is a winner and a loser in a press conference, uh, that international press conference right there, I would like to say uh, Mr. Lopez won that one only because <laughs> he appeared to be the most satisfied with his place, what he was going to do, and whatever Mr. Or whatever Josh said it, it had no consequence to him. And Josh was trying to, you know, uh, get into his head a little bit, if you will. And yeah. I thought he was un- unsuccessful. Well, folks, listen, it is official. Okay. Josh Taylor versus Teofimo Lopez is set for June 10th in New York at Madison Square Gardens Hulu Theater. And I know that they've been um, kind of petitioning to see if they can get it in the big arena. Big, yes. Right. So I'm sure the numbers, if the numbers come off right, um, you know, that's what they're looking for. But as of right now, it's scheduled for the Hulu, the- uh, Hulu theater and that's what's going down, man. And there's going to be on our next episode, we're going to get into this fight. We're going to do style breakdowns and talk about who, why, when, where, what, and how we got a and lot who. of boxing, yeah, a lot of boxing to cover. And who, because you know, who's going to do what? Who's yeah. not going to do what? Well, <laughs> you know? You know, Josh Taylor, Josh Taylor's got some skills, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was going to go to 147 at one time, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Well, this fight, I believe, is a junior, um, it's a junior welterweight um, bout. So, yes. yeah. You know, Teofimo's right where he wanted to be, right where Pops wanted him to be. So, here he goes. Now he gets to see what he can, what he can pull off here. And this is a big fight for him. This is a really jumped, good fight to get his name back into where it needs to be. He jumped right to the front of the line because yep. of his cachet with butts in the seats, you no know, and, and, and the whole drama around his entire life with, you know, everything. Yeah. So he got yeah. to skip the line. Yep. Well, he, you know, it's not like he didn't put the work in. He's skipping <laughs> yeah, yeah. lines. He's skipping lines because they're trying to, he's, he's, listen, 
He is a marquee fighter. Yes. And he's yes. a, he's a, uh, a cash cow in yes. the arena. So yes. the top yes. rank is, uh, <laughs> you know, they are not, they are not stupid. They are get, making sure they're putting all these fights together. Yeah. I'm just, yes. yo, I'm just so excited, Harold. I am so excited. Yo, there are so, these are the <laughs> fights that I've been wanting to see. For the last three years, man. I mean, really, Teofimo's fighting. He's lining himself up. You got, you know, I want to see these guys fight. Stop talking. All of you, stop talking. Fight. Let's see you guys. It's been a wonderful year so far, right? Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I'm just so pumped up about it. I'm so excited about it. And yeah, we're going to get into the style matchups and everything. But, you know, Harold... Um, just before we end the program, I had a question for you. I have, I've been wanting to ask this question um, to you and also the fans for quite a while. Okay, All right. Fans, and I, really. I have my own opinions about this. Right. But the question is, should you train your own child in boxing? Should you train? Now, I, I have personal experience with this for many, many years. My son is 23 years old and he started boxing when he was four. So I have my own intimate feelings about this topic, but I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts about, should you train your own son? I do high school football and basketball on the field as a, as an official. Yeah. So I've seen these kids come up from second grade all the way to that level. And this is just another sport. And I've seen fathers do different things with their kids. Yeah. I've seen the good and the bad or the different. I've seen total immersion of the kid and the kid says, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. And the father's like, I moved. I went and got an apartment. I got you all these trainers. I did all of that. You know, and you're on the cusp of going to college or getting in the pros or whatever. And the kid's just burnt out. Yeah. Okay. I've seen that happen. Okay. Uh, so seeing the other situation where the kid, he starts late, maybe sixth grade, eighth grade, ninth grade. And then the father and the son get behind each other and they go and the boy doesn't get burnt out. Then I've seen in boxing, which just on my side of it, you know, not having a kid that fights or anything like that. Yeah. I see the father really thinking that his son is a special breed and he feels that he can really be successful in this sport. He knows it's violent. He knows that he, he could possibly be hurt, but he believes that this fruit of his loins is, is better than anyone else's. So a boxing father has a little different view in my opinion. And is, if it's a good idea, I can't really say because I can't even stand in those shoes. You only, you can, but from the outside looking in, I think, a boxing parent has a little different view sometimes than a football parent or a basketball parent or a baseball parent because he is kind of putting his 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 son or his daughter, if it will, because you have a lot of championship yeah. uh, uh, women and their fathers, life on the line. And you have to have sheer understanding that something could happen to your child. But if you are that behind them and you know they had the skill set and you still put them there yeah. you know that's a that that's a different breed so i would say sometimes it's positive sometimes it's it's negative i mean i've got some negative stories about 
fighters who live across the street from their fathers and they're not speaking right now, you know, and they were championship fighters. They made millions of dollars, yeah. but they were, they're on the outs right now. And they live directly across the street from each other in mansions, but they don't speak. So wow. things like that can happen. Then on the other hand, you see <clears throat> you and your son, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like I, like, I mean, that's a great segue into me just kind of saying that, you know, one of the things that I think is really difficult when you're training your own son is something that, that can be catastrophic to a long-term relationship with your own kin is, you know, when you build up the psychological uh, connection that your success is about boxing and your way of proving that you are worthy as a son or as a, you know, as a son slash as a business partner slash as a fighter slash whatever that you're worthy. And then something happens and you lose, you lose that entire relationship shifts. The the entire, the entire relationship can, can break. It can break completely. And I think that one of the dangerous by, you know, basically buyer beware uh, is to understand that, that, when you train your own son without having prior experience or knowledge of, of number one, what the, the boxing world is about and what the, a career in, uh, you know, any of the combat sports is about, it becomes a very, very dysfunctional relationship once you start putting millions of dollars in there, once you start losing it's great if you're winning, you know, if you're winning, then yes, it's like you said, offspring, you know, my offspring is great. You know, I'm a great trainer. You're a great fighter. We're doing great. But when you lose is when the, the paradigm shifts. shifts dramatically to the point where for most people it's unfixable. And I think that that's something, that's something that, you know, I've been thinking about a lot, not in relationship to my own son, but in relationship to father and son teams like Teofimo Lopez, you know, senior and junior and Devin Haney and his pops and, you know, uh, George Cambosos and his, his pops. And uh, I mean, you can go on and on. Yes. Yes. Case in point, Dogbo, he lost a fight. His yeah. father and he have been estranged since then. Uh. He was asked on national TV, when's the last time you spoke to your father? Yeah. He said, we haven't spoke because he was upset that the father stopped the fight, but that has not been healed. And that was on showcase. All Mm. you fight fans, you saw that interview. If you watched uh, uh, that, that card, I guess it was ESPN card, but yes. So that's one of them. And you're right. You're right, Mark. You know, it seems that that's unrepairable, you know, as of right now. So, um, yeah, man, that's what, that's the point. It's not, I mean, it's not good. And, and, and there are other things because the expectation, you know, there's such a, um, there's such a business around boxing. The boxing business is a very unforgiving, very serious business. And when you, um, you know, interject your own son. When you put your son in that and you're in that, uh, the business can be unforgiving. And sometimes depending upon your allegiance, you know, it can really askew the relationships as well. 
So I, I guess what I'm saying is that, you know, if you are considering a career in boxing and a career in being trained by your father, that you should seriously, you know, weigh the factors that are involved. Uh, because it is not an easy thing. The expectation that a trainer places on a fighter and a fighter places on a trainer is significant. And it, it's, it's uh, you know, the one thing about training your own kin is that one would believe that no one's going to be in your corner more than your own parents, more than your own. And that is true. Because you can see some of the top echelon fighters like the Haney's and the Lopez's and, uh, you know, the list goes on and on, right? But Ryan Garcia, you know, these these fighters have parents that are truly, truly committed to their success. So it can work in that way as well. But what happens when things go wrong? That's what I'm kind of alluding to. And And listen, if you're tuning in, and you have a comment or you have uh, some thoughts about this, we'd love for you to find us on YouTube, add your comments into the YouTube um, feed and uh, find us on Instagram, Facebook Live uh, and anywhere you get your podcast. You can tune in, you can put your your uh, your messages in there and we love, love to hear your messages and comments. So thank you so much, man. The fans out there are amazing. Uh, there's going to be more coming down the pike on this subject. Uh, we just want to leave it there for you. And we hope that wherever you are listening to the podcast, you're having a safe uh, yeah. drive or a pleasant listen. And until next time, man, we will see you on the next, next episode time. of the Boxing Breakdown. Boxing Peace breakdown. and love. See you soon. Fight fans, join host Mark Roxy and special guests as they break down all aspects of the boxing world, including news, business, management, training, promotions, fan reactions, upcoming events, matchups, future boxing stars, title fights, state of the boxing world, and all the stuff you don't see when you watch boxing. This podcast is released each week on Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Live streamed on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook Live. It's the Boxing Breakdown, hosted by Mark Roxy.